a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys uh, that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living that makes them extra to me, and I'm very excited for you to meet them. So, uh, you know, long before it was co-opted by the fictitious playboy Austin Powers in a very funny movie of the same name, uh, an international man of mystery defined, literally defined a child of the uh, 1960s who was dashing, suave, and uh, of independent means who uh, wafted or wafted across Europe in Jensen Interceptors and Aston Martins in a tireless quest for mystery and adventure. I got that from uh, Wikipedia. Uh, now, so how may you ask, can this be relevant to mana? How does this fit with mana? Well, today's guest could very well have been one of those international men of mystery, both by age uh, and by, by approach. Uh, he is by far the most worldly man I know, literally and figuratively. He was uh, born in Africa, uh, I think, and has lived and worked globally with an intellect and a worldview as far-reaching as his travels. His spirit is equally magnanimous, a family man who lives to serve his wife and sons, a businessman who understands the difference between being a good manager, who's someone who gets the most out of his people, and a great leader, who is one who gives the most to his people, and, uh, and for me, a friend whose loyalty runs as deep as the Congo River, which I also looked up on Wikipedia. That is the deepest <laughs> river in the world, <laughs> also uh, in Africa, uh, courtesy of Wikipedia. So anyway, welcome today's Mana Man, Mr. Murad Vellani. Hey, Murad. Hey, Jeff. That's a little overgenerous there, but uh, uh, for the day, I'm going to take it. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> happy. So happy to have you on, on, on the show. And just so uh, the friendly listeners of Mana know, uh, and this is a, another just gesture of Murad's magnanimity. Um, so we are in season two of Mana, and uh, Murad was on the very short list for season one guests, and uh, and we couldn't get him on season one. And as 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 he and I were chatting only a, a few weeks ago, I said, "Hey, season two, whatever." And he says, "Well, I'll do it." And I'm like, "Yes." So anyway, we got gotcha you for season two. So very very excited to have well, you on, on the show. Excited to be here, Murad. So, so just kind of jumping on it, you know, we've had, um, uh, and, and again, for the listeners uh, who don't know Murad, you know, we've had other guests on the show uh, that, uh, you know, if, that I've joked that, you know, if you saw uh, me and the guest side by side, you know, maybe, you know, you'd be like, oh, I can't believe they're friends. But I think, I think the two of us <laughs> are probably the biggest, we'd, we'd, upon first sight, probably, you know, people go like, seriously, like, okay, he's like a small town kid from Annandale. And like, dude, this, you've been everywhere. And, uh, and, and, and that's kind of where I want to start. You, you literally, I'm not exaggerating. You've, you've lived so many places. You've experienced so many things. I remember one of the first conversations I had, you were telling me how you learned how to ski in the Swiss Alps. Like that's where you learned how to ski. And, and like, 
Dr. Ruth Westheimer was involved somehow. I mean, so you've just led this very, very rich life. And so I just kind of want to start with where it started. Talk, let's talk about kind of your upbringing and, and, and uh, family and, and just kind of how that all was, because it's just fascinating. Well, I think some, you know, to bring it, bring it down to its essence, it's, it's simple. It, you know, I was an African Indian, right? We came from India in the 1860s to what was then British East Africa and Kenya as immigrants, like anyone else, you know, people looking for a good life. And, uh, we, you know, I grew up in Kenya uh, under the British colony system. And in a way, I was, it was really simple. You know, we're, we're simple Africans. We grew up uh, kind of around a Bantu, African, English, somewhat bastardized Indian system. <laughs> so it wasn't glamorous, quite frankly. It was, it was just a great place to grow up and uh there's a lot of history for us mm-hmm. and i you know that those are my roots yeah, so you didn't know any other way this is just how that's what just, life was like that yeah. was and it was exciting in a way because you know anything would go and you know, i grew up around a family that was always intellectually curious uh we all were encouraged to read and read about the whole world uh you know our life was made up of just real experiences right um mm-hmm. You know, my dad was completely consumed with the African and East African country, and he threw us in his Range Rover. And uh, Range Rover sounds glamorous here. Back there, it's you know your it's your Ford <laughs> right. it's your Ford truck. Right, right. It was just and transportation back yeah, then. Yeah, and you know you'd get out and enjoy this amazing country that was just beginning to find its own life. And you know, I was just fortunate to be a part of that. Yeah. When do you remember um, uh, feeling or, or realizing that, you know, you were, even though you grew up in a simple, you know, because, again, you didn't know any other way. But when did you start having awareness of everything else out there in, in the world and in the, in the global kind of sense and know that you wanted to be part of that? I think it was early. I think our parents just encouraged us to think about the world early, and we read a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say early, I mean from the time I could read. I, you know, my mom and my dad just pushed us to consume everything we could get our hands on. I, I think at seven years old, I found out you can get free books at a library. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a very old English library called the Macmillan Library in in Nairobi, where I grew up. And I remember every Saturday being able to go there and pick three books free mm-hmm. <laughs> and come back uh, and read. And that was an amazing way to explore yeah. the world. So I think it was, you know, early, you know, we didn't have all this internet. We didn't have, uh, you know, the kind of TV and video consumption and access. It was, you, you grew by reading. Yeah. Uh, interesting enough, I, I had a lifetime subscription of the National Geographic, or my dad did, I should say. So I grew up reading that thing and consuming it. So I think it exposed us, made us curious as yeah. kids. And I think it allowed us to just get a better context of where we live yeah. and where, how the rest of the world is. Yeah. And for me, that was exciting, yeah. quite frankly, because it said, you know, there's a lot to go learn, explore, and figure out. Yeah. What was what was um, uh, church-like, religion-like back when you were growing up? Was it f- fairly... Uh, formal and, and present or or is that something that kind of came later as as you traveled and grew and, and kind of developed for me 
I come up, I come from a very different perspective. So number one, I didn't grow up Christian. I didn't grow up, you know, our family was raised from the Indian roots, but not, I don't speak Indian, <laughs> which is interesting. I speak, you know, Swahili and English. So my parents formed us really differently. We grew up under Indian and initially Islam. Uh, which was interesting. Yeah. And yet we were influenced by Christians, Buddhists, uh, you know, African tribal uh, thinking because my mom was raised in Zanzibar where, you know, it, it's it, it's very tribal. It's yeah. uh, almost occult, right? So one thing my parents did, which was we weren't structured in any way. I wasn't. I know that for a fact. And I don't think my other spouses were, and neither were they. They were always explore you know, God in your own way. Mm -hmm. You know, here's the framework. And if you look at the framework of what we grew up in, it was the golden rules, right? And it mm -hmm. didn't matter which religion at the time. So for me personally, I was a maniacal explorer and questioner. So I was sent to some very interesting private schools where I would probably got expelled more times <laughs> than you want to know because I questioned everything and especially yeah. religion. Yeah, And I think that's what, allowed me to be curious. Uh -huh. And so I think for me, it was just consuming all these different cultures, different religions, and forming my own perspective. Uh, and, you know, as I grew up and as I traveled and as I came to the U.S., um, you know, I've been here now almost over 40 years. I explored every range you can imagine. I, I went from trying to understand Islam to understanding Buddhism to Hinduism to um being an agnostic, being yeah. an atheist, yeah. being an intellectual. And then finally what tripped it for me was, I, and then Christianity. And it was interesting as I started meeting really good Christian men, what I loved about Christianity, which just pivoted for me completely, was it was the only religion that allowed you to really question things about God and faith and Jesus and you know you could ask questions yeah. instead of following dogma yeah and just like we're having this conversation of how do we interpret the scripture and make it real in our lives uh, now mm -hmm. that connection for me was like a light bulb yeah and so I you know if you ask me today I'm you know I, I'm a Christian I'm a you know, if you, I, I, I question sometimes what a good Christian means, right? And you look at the pillars and you say, well, Murad, you know, do you, you know, do you read scripture as frequently as you should? Do you serve as frequently as you do? Number two, number three, do you do fellowship as mm -hmm. frequently as yeah. you should? And, uh, you know, do you um, pray as frequently mm -hmm. as you? And I would say, you know, that's the, if I look at those four dimensions in which I frame uh, Christianity for myself. I ask myself, you know, am I doing those things in a way every day, every time, every hour, every, you know, thinking about those elements and incorporating them in, in my life? Yeah. Um, you know, I fall short some days. Yeah, and, we all do. Yeah, that's the. Yeah. And so that's the trick, right? And what I love about the Christian faith, and at least my interpretation of the Christian faith and my relationship with. Christ is uh, how it allows me to grow. It allows me to question. It allows mm -hmm. me to be curious. It allows me to connect with other people of like mind. And all of a sudden, you know, we find ourselves 
being better Christians, mm-hmm. being better followers of Christ, being better human beings. Yeah, no, and I think there's a lot, there's a lot of wisdom in that because I do think, you know, uh, and I'm not steeped in, in Scripture by any means, but, you know, I was thinking um, a few weeks ago there was, a, there was a gospel reading about Peter, you know, essentially messing up again. And when you think of, like, Peter as a person, you know, there are some fairly... Uh, sort of profound moments in that in, in in his life and he ended up being the guy that Jesus went you know what you're I'm building the church on you and and Peter messed up all the time you know and he was whether well, questioning is you know oh it was the it was the um it was the gospel reading when Peter starts walking on the water but then he like kind of freaks out a little bit and starts you know kind of basically sinking and and that's when Jesus oh you you have a little faith so you think of like so the, our whole our whole church is built on a guy who was constantly questioning and falling short and yet that's who jesus picked you know and so i think there's a lot of beauty in that and hope for all you know all of us i I think that's that that's true i think that's what many of us realize is you know jesus didn't go pick the perfect human being he picked the imperfect apostles Mm -hmm. and i think all of us identify with some element of some of those guys who were crazy prior to or even during. And in a way, that's kind of a good archetype of what we're going through. Yeah. And maybe we are, in a way, trying to be and recognize, hey, we, we have faults, we're going to fall down. But, you know, with faith, maybe we can find better ways to improve ourselves and get yeah. closer yeah. to... Yeah. To so, you know, you brought up um, about you know, kind of looking for kind of the everyday ways to to kind of be living your faith or making those connections. And, you know, one of the things I said in, in your intro about um, uh, about more kind of related to the kind of the business sort of sector is, is your leadership. And you are such a generous leader. I mean, you give so much to your to your people, to your teams. And, and how much of, if at all, and it's totally fine if it's not, but how much how much of that do you connect with this sense of, you know, this is, this is actually part of, this is a manifestation of my faith or is it, or is it, is it a kind of a separate thing that just happens to also fall in line with this very, it's a very, um, you know, it's, it's essentially a form of charity, you know, charitable, uh, of, of just living and giving. Um, but I think that's, that's a, it's a hallmark of your, of your kind of business sort of um, kind of ethos, if you will. And I'm just wondering how much of that you connect uh, as, a, as an element of your faith. I think if I look back early in my career, I think it, it was my professional life was very secular from my, you know, um, spiritual life. And, you know, I think as I've matured over the last, you know, I, quite honestly, I'd say last decade would be a good measure I realized I can't be two people. <laughs> and what was interesting is even today, I, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I work with private equity and every day I bring my faith into my business. <laughs> I can't separate the two. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning and I pray for meetings I'm going to go to. I pray for people, whether they're customers or employees or competitors. It's a weird feeling, but I incorporate prayer and faith in almost everything I do from the time I wake up and incorporate that into the way I behave. I know that sounds corny. I mean, I will do, I'll be in a board meeting and I'll, you know, I might recite 
verse in a private equity <laughs> board meeting in New York. And, and quite frankly, you know, it takes risk, right? But yeah. I, that's me. And I think what, you know, my board and other people who now see me, you know, wearing it, in, but I'm not preaching it. I'm just saying this is me. I'm, you know, I, every Friday I publish, almost every Friday I publish uh, 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 communication out to our organization uh, called Friday, <laughs> and it's kind of giving, because we're virtual right now across the nation, and it gives everyone a chance to get connected with what's going on across the enterprise and the yeah. agencies in the different geographies, and, you know, I always end with, I pray for you, I pray for your community, I pray for um, us, and I'm very, I feel it's really important for me to incorporate it, so for me, it's become you know, part of what I do mm-hmm. almost every day and how I behave. Now, I'm not going to say I've got it down, I've got it perfect. Yeah, you get into meetings where you're just completely focused and you feel like, who is that human being? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think, you know, I for me today, it's more important because it, I feel like it's made my life richer. It's made uh, me calmer. It's made me reflect in a better way and be a better human being. Yeah. Well, and, and less work to manage, try to manage two different selves, you know, it's like you're one guy, you know, and, and, you know, what's remarkable, the more I've, I know this sounds really corny, but somehow all those things that seem big and, you know, sometimes you just say, you know what, I've done what I can and I'm going to just leave it Yeah, right. to the big guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's remarkable how it becomes a small thing and all of a sudden it's like, wow, that was kind of weird. Yeah. And so I think they, you know, that's, that's what I love about just where I've journeyed. Um, there are things you can control. There are things you can't control. And sometimes you just got to have faith and you got to have faith in Christ. And yeah, I believe it, it, it happens. Yeah. So who, so you, you play that role, whether you know it or not, um, for a lot of people, you know, just by the way you live and lead and, and just kind of the essence. So, but, but who, and you can go back to the early days, you know, um, and, and, and the, and the questioning days. But if you, if you think of who, of role models for you, like who, who have been people that you can think of specifically that have helped you develop your, you know, kind of your sense and, and it's obviously for all of us is still a work in progress, but have there, are there any, are there any, you know, guys or, or women that, that come to mind that have been particularly kind of profound in that sense for you? Well, you know, there's a guy I've known for almost 30 years, Jim Ornell, and you know, Jim Ornell, we've worked together, Jim and I have been working together for about 29 years now, and he's a deep man of faith. And I, I remember in 1994, uh, he and I were working at this company called Deluxe Corporation, and he was uh, one of my first uh, team members. And I came to him and I said, Jim, you know, I'd like to really read the Bible. And, you know, what do you think? And, you know, he went home for the weekend and came back and he gave me a three-page PowerPoint <laughs> on the history of <laughs> mankind for the last 2,000 years. He gave me a new Bible with a bookmark on St. Uh, on on the book of John and said, yeah. you know, start there. And uh, he totally operationalized it. <laughs> That's and, great. You know, That's and, great. You know, but I think he brought prescription uh, into a very big question. And 
a point of view and i think since you know he's he's been amazing because mm-hmm. he's a deep man of faith he uh, lives it um and gives it just like and does life journey with Christ and with everything he touches and i think he's had a big influence on my life uh, so yeah. you know it, and then there've been just remarkable people that have come into your life you know and i think this is the gift of god right if you're listening or you're you're just open to it they come into your life they may come in for a few years a few minutes a few hours and if you're open to it and i've had that chance i've been very lucky mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what part of the planet um and it makes you stop and think and receive different points of view and i've been really fortunate to meet people like that so outside of you two who've been anchors in you know in my faith and influenced me um you know there's another gentleman jay carroll uh mm-hmm. jay carroll is an amazing uh guy he he's here in Minnesota he runs a fantastic company he and I have been you know working together on bible study for you know several years he you know he's he's got a phenomenal family that five boys and two girls great catholic family and um irish catholic i should say and <laughs> you know great football uh, i'm sure some of your audience will know the the carols and the football and the sports a legacy they've left at in Edina but they're remarkable and I think you know if he and I sitting down each other Friday at breakfast and you know studying scripture sharing fellowship talking about how we can serve better how we can improve our prayer he even gave me a spreadsheet and told me make a list of your prayer people you need to pray and make oh, sure cool. you keep this evergreen and I I have that am I a really good practitioner of it I tend to use you know me- use memory more than I should some tools but I think Jay has been a great influence and he's opened up my eyes to things in scripture service prayer and fellowship in a way that I think has influenced me yeah, in a big that's way cool. so, well, and I like I say too there's just I think part of it is just being open and and just staying alert, you know, cause I think those for me, you know, I, I can, uh, so many times you can get an influence and, and just from a, from an episode with somebody, you know, that, that, uh, so for every like long standing deep relationship where there's this like, you know, huge mentor or somebody, there's all these little ones that come into your life. And if you just, if you're just, you know, staying attentive, you know, you can kind of pick up stuff from all these wonderful episode so you know i'm going to go to one piece which i think is really interesting when you asked about the secular and the professional i mean the secular professional life commercial life <laughs> and then there's the faith mm-hmm. um you know last last fall my wife and i uh, you know one of my bucket trips was to do the el camino santiago and the you know saint james pilgrimage in spain in northern spain and you know we tandem biked um through that you know all the way up to you know the end of the pilgrimage and you know what i found fascinating like we're all trying to figure out what what message we're going to get or what what's it going to look and feel like and you, you you know you you get exposed to everything on your journey out there and hope and maybe you know some big you know yeah. waiting to get like hit by some lightning <laughs> <laughs> but you know what was interesting as i reflect back on that and as jane and i reflected back on it we found it amazingly 
spiritual and of faith, but it was remarkably commercial. Mm. And, you know, somehow if you think about the pilgrim paths and the fact that there's going to be a, a church of some sort of um, relics at the end that are meaningful to Christian faith, there was a path to commercializing, uh, being, you know, commercial and secular and making faith part of it. And it's not wrong. That's natural. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's just how do we make it more so? And mm-hmm. so anyway, it's, for me, it was really a good uh, validation that you've got to bring both together yeah. so that it can be self-sustaining. Yeah. Because in today's life, you need it to be self-sustaining. Yep, exactly. Uh, you know, we're not monks who go sit on a hill. Uh, we are Christians who engage in real life and, yeah. uh, you know, try and participate in life. Yeah, right. And, and bringing it, bringing it. You're right, because if we were, sometimes I, I feel like, you know, if we were all, if we all did have the privilege of just being, you know, living lives in seclusion and praying all day, it's like, oh, great. But that's, that we're kind of missing the point of, of trying to help each other in the actual mess and junk of life. You know what I mean? I mean, that's yeah. the whole point of God sending Jesus down as a human to actually, you know, trudge through all this stuff, you know, and not just sit on a perch and kind of look down and go, all right, oh, good luck down there, you know? <laughs> and that was my wake-up call from being, you know, turned off Buddhism because it sounded really cool intellectually sitting in a cave, and now, right now, like we're in my cave and it's COVID-19 and we're all living in our own little bubbles. Yeah, this is a very, very nice cave, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, it was interesting because there was an appeal, intellectual appeal to sit there and pontificate, and I was like, wow, but, you know, that ain't going to work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then... Christianity is like you got to be in the thick of stuff yeah. and you got to live it right there, yeah. right now, uh, whether it's good or bad, uh, pretty or not. And that's and that's living life and doing life. And I like that about the faith, uh, the Christian faith. Yeah. At least I practice. Cool. All right. Well, hey, we are to the uh, we are to the fun segment of okay. the show, and, uh, and I'm very sheepish. Uh, we've gone actually a while now with some guests that haven't necessarily been as uh, marketing and brand savvy as you are. So now I'm even more sheepish uh, to, ha- to c- get to this segment because it's, it's um, for a brand guy myself, it's, the, it's one of the worst branded uh, uh, things ever. I, I've never been able to come up with a better uh, term or name for this part of the show other than it's just fun. It's just the fun segment. So we're going to keep going with it and maybe it'll work its way into a brand someday. So the fun segment is just uh, three questions for those that have listened. Uh, you all know it's the same three questions that we ask every single guest, regardless of background or age or, or, uh, or whatever. So same three questions. Uh, Murat has had these questions as well. Now, whether or not he's come up with dazzling answers in 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 in, uh, in advance we'll find out but he at least had the chance so three quick questions uh first question if jesus knocked on your door tomorrow and just wanted to hang out what would you do with him i'd go hiking oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'd say let's get you know let me get my sandals on and let's go walk and take a walk a long hike mm-hmm. and hopefully somewhere anywhere quite frankly and and let the day unravel. Yeah. That would be magical for me. Um, and I'd ask him a lot of questions, mm. and I'd listen. And I think th- that's my happy place. So yeah, hiking, I mean, yeah, walking, yeah, yeah. I love hiking, mm. especially in the mountains and the woods. 
Would you take him back to your to where you grew up, or would you uh, want him to kind of experience, you know, kind of where you are now? You know, the only way I think about that question is just like you came today. I just like let's just get out. <laughs> let's not waste time. Let's Walk let's go. Hood. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. anyway, that's, you know, that. it's nothing exotic, but that's what that looks That's great. Know. That's great. All right. Fun segment. Question number two. Uh, if you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead, okay, and you don't even need to know him. It can just be a famous person. You're so well-read. You could go all the way back to some great philosopher or writer, or it can be somebody that you know or knew. Uh, it just can't be Jesus because you've already yeah. spent time with him. So church, any other guy, who would it be? No question, Winston Churchill. Mm, cool. You know, here's a guy who has influenced my life. Yeah. No, that's my phone. We'll get that. Okay. We'll, we'll get that in post. <laughs> <laughs> He's influenced my life in every way you can think about. What an intellect, what a leader, and what an amazing guy. And yeah. In the, you know, I think he's written maybe 13 million words in his lifetime. Wow. And... If you stop and think, you know, if you look at his history, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I don't think he's used the word Lord or God more than half a dozen times. Um, and so for me, it would be really interesting because uh, when he's gone to church, you know, it's been for a funeral or a coronation or something, and typically everyone stands up and claps um, or winches. <laughs> and it would be remarkable to uh, attend church with him and understand how did he connect with mm-hmm. his God or his version of yeah. God. That and I think that's a, that's a great point you make about, it. you know, he's not known as being a, as, as sort of overtly, you know, you think of other, you know, um, very influential sort of like writers and people of that era, you know, like a C.S. Lewis, who was very, you know, you know, I mean, we've riffed on yeah. C.S. Lewis. Um, but yeah, Churchill was, was um, a little more, uh, kind of inconspicuous, I think, in 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 how that influenced what he would do and say. But there's definitely a strong sense of right and wrong, and, and a lot of those same, you know, like I'll bet you in his in his version of his man caves, he had a lot of a lot of good reading and reflection and 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 prayer. He know? was a remarkable intellect. He yeah. loved smoking cigars, and he loved. You know, his drink, uh, which is all good, but at the end of the day, you know, he did do some remarkable things. Yeah, for sure. So. All right, last question. Uh, fun segment, question number three. If you could give a younger man, uh, uh, so think of like, you know, your, your boys or even a little bit younger, uh, a piece of advice early on in their lives, uh, just kind of around how to, how to, how to live a, a life of faith or, and, and to be comfortable in their faith, to be confident in their faith, um, what would that piece of advice be? First thing, you know, I think most young kids, many young kids at least that we connect with, have, have a grounding, a lot of kids have a grounding in some of the basics of being good people. So assuming you've got that grounding, the, the question I would thing I would throw out would question everything. And, you know, the beauty about Christianity is it allows, you know, when I found out something called apologetics existed and you could get a PhD in apologetics, it freaking blew my mind. Because I was like, wow, that is authentic. That's real. That allows you to 
investigate and defend and provide evidence. And I think if we can take that kind of thinking in young men and young women and tell them, question, investigate, explore, and don't let anyone limit you uh, in that journey, uh, and then form your own opinions and relationship, uh, but also rely on certain, for, you know, I, I like to, I keep it simple, right? You've got fellowship, you've got faith, you've got fellowship, you've got service, you've got scripture and, and the word, and you've got um, prayer. If you can incorporate that in some shape or way in your life um, that makes sense for your life and whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. um, it, it just pays off exponentially and it won't pay off tomorrow. <laughs> Mm. It, it may pay off tomorrow, but you know I think people wait for something big to happen. But I think it's just this amazing accumulation of uh, peace and connection and relationship you build with your faith and with Christ that lets you live richer. And mm-hmm. uh, I I just feel really fortunate that I found that yeah. in my life, and uh, it's made my life richer. And that's what I would suggest young kids think about. Yeah. That's great. Well, you have made this a very rich experience. So thank you so much, Murad Vellani. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.